0: We're um, soon going to be heading into a series, uh, I've been thinking about a, a while, and I'm finally going to do it, but I've been thinking about a series on the book of Titus, and uh, so I'm going to be starting that soon and very soon. But before I started, uh, before I, I, I start that official series, I kind of fell into, uh uh, kind of a, a random series. A couple of weeks ago, I was speaking on just the crumb, and um, how many are here for that? Changed your life, right? Come on, help me out. Just encourage me. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, as I was prepping, uh, I I just got thinking about the word just, and so we did just a crumb, and last week Pastor Jordan did uh, just say the word, and uh, this week. I I wanted to continue it with just one thing, just one thing. So uh, it's a familiar passage to many of you from Luke chapter 10. If you have your Bibles, if not, it's on the screen. It's a story about Jesus visiting uh, Mary and Martha and and, and, uh, just the interaction between the three of them. So go ahead and put that up for me. And it says this, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was, say this word with me, distracted. Just say that again, distracted. Martha was distracted by the big dinner that she was prepping. She came to Jesus and she said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Doesn't that drive you crazy when that happens at your house? But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha. In some translations, he'll he'll say, Martha, Martha. Right? You're worried and upset over all these details. But there's only one thing, just one thing, worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it won't be taken away from her. It's a really interesting, uh, really interesting story in so many different ways. But uh, uh, let, me, let, me, uh, let me start by saying this. There's so many distractions in life, don't you find? So many things, you know... Um, I was reading this story about a farmer, and he got up early because he was going out to uh, do a particular job out in his field. And as he was on the way, he realized his truck needed gas, so he went over to the gas station to get gas. He came back, and as he came back, he realized he hadn't fed the pigs, and he went to feed the pigs. And then he realized, "Uh oh, my wife wants more wood inside for the fire," so he had to go get that. And then he came back out and saw a chicken that had broken loose from the chicken coop. And all of a sudden, he went in for lunch, and he said. It's lunchtime, and I still haven't made it to the field yet. You know, have you ever had days like that where you get up early, thinking uh, there's days? Seriously, when I come in, I get up early and I go. This is sermon day. Nobody's going to call me. Nobody's going to distract me. I'm closing my door and I'm aiming right. I'm going to go. I'm going to go hard at it all day. I can't get five minutes in, and the whole world breaks down and you know nothing happens it, it there's just so many things right that can distract us we get busy doing a hundred things we have lots on our mind all the time now some distractions are harmless some can even be a little bit fun to give you a, give you a break but there's other times that distractions can really hurt us really hurt us uh distracted driving is a big one right uh it's like it's like a million dollars now, I wouldn't advise you to do it, like a ticket is horrendous, but uh, distracted driving is one of those things that it can have an immediate and a terrible consequence. Um, as a matter of fact, a friend of ours in Ottawa, his brother lives in Mississippi, and he was out on a bike ride with a couple of his friends, and somebody who got distracted by his, front, uh, by his phone turned down, weaved into his lane, and... And uh, hit them on their bike. It's 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 real, and so uh, I encourage you. Please don't use your phone when you drive. It's freaky. It freaks me out. And uh, I think I can do it too, like you think you can do it. But it's not a good idea. Distractions can be terrible. Distracted driving can have immediate, terrible consequences. While other distractions, they can they can still be Deadly, They can be deadly to your soul, but the effect is not immediate. It it just takes longer for you to notice. And this is kind of one of those stories, and I think you'll, you'll put it together as we go. This story reminds us to prioritize what's most important. Basically, he's encouraging us to listen. Do first what matters most, right? Do first what's most important and everything else will flow properly in our lives. Jesus says, if you get this, just get this thing right. He said, everything will flow if you get this thing right. When you read this story, as soon as you read this story, some of you are relating more to Mary right off the bat and some of you are relating more to Martha right off the bat. Okay? Just it's just who you are. Like, you know, you're prepping I mean, just think about it, okay? Just think about this for a second. Jesus shows up. Let's talk about Martha first. So Jesus shows up at her house, okay? With We know that he's with at least 12 other men, probably more, but at least... So now, now we're talking about 13 men, okay? So imagine 13 hungry men showing up at your door. Just imagine that for a second, Okay? hospitality is is important. And it was really important back uh, back in those days, especially in Jewish culture. It was a really important part of the culture. And Martha wants to feed them. Martha wants to look after them. Martha wants to make sure they have a good meal. By the way, don't people knock Martha. But but understand this. Martha loved Jesus very much. She was very committed to Jesus. Believed that he was the son of God, wanted to serve him and help him. Have him uh, Martha's house where uh, Mary and uh, her and their brother Lazarus, the same guy that Jesus raised from the dead. It was a regular stop for Jesus. It was like an oasis stop for him. They lived about two miles. uh, I think it's Bethany, right? Two miles east of Jerusalem, just over the Mount of Olives. If you've been in Jerusalem, and and it was a regular stop for Jesus to stop there. These people were his friends, and Martha and Mary both cared for him very much. But they, were, but Mary and Martha were very different, and you can see immediately. Jesus walks in with so thirteen men. Bang, bang, bang. Hey, Martha, can we come in? Well, of course you can. Now, Martha's going, "Oh my goodness, oh, 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 my goodness! I, I we, we, we gotta get food. We gotta, we gotta get, you know." And and Mary's like. I'm just going to sit with Jesus, right? And then Martha gets all frustrated like, "Hey, like I'm I'm like, you know, busy doing stuff, running around, looking after all this stuff." Like, "Hey, you can imagine the looks that Mary was getting." Seriously. I I was picturing in my mind, okay, like how how elevated did it get before Martha realizes that her dirty looks aren't working. So now she reaches out to Jesus, right? So she walks by with, puts something on the table. The evil eye, right? Right on Mary. And Mary's like, whoo oblivious, right? Like, yeah, just not paying any attention to what she's doing, right? But Martha loves Jesus very much. She wants to serve him. She wants to bless him. And she wants to give him a good meal. And by the way, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing, right? It's a good thing that she wants to do. The problem was, (coughs) excuse me, was that she was totally distracted by the meal. She was totally stressing out over all of the details of trying to prep a ginormous meal, a fancy, wonderful meal for the guys. Look at Luke 10, verse 40. It says, but Martha was distracted By the big dinner she was prepping, she came to Jesus, said, Lord, doesn't seem unfair to you that my sister sits here while I do all the work. Tell her to come help me. But the Lord said, my dear Martha, you're worried and upset over all these details, right? So she, I just want to say she had Jesus in her house. Okay, just saying. So just think about that for a second. So. You have Jesus in your house and you leave him in the dining room so you can run into the kitchen. Or may, may you know like this is the thing. We're not talking about good and bad. We're talk, we're talking about good and best, right? This is this is the priority thing that Jesus is trying to point to, right? She has Jesus in the house, but she missed the most important thing. Like you can imagine she's running around worried about all the details of her meal. Think about it, okay? 13 men walk in and she's like Oh, my goodness. Do, where's our meat? Do, is where? Where's the cheese? Oh, uh, do we have water? Somebody go get water. Do I even have 13 clean plates? Glasses. Where are the good glasses? Fine, somebody, get the good glasses. Like, oh, no. Like, do I have toothpicks for the olives? Like, oh, my goodness. <coughs> right? Like, <coughs> excuse me. I'm still suffering with the cold. But you can imagine, right? She's running around trying to get all these details of this wonderful meal that she wants to pull off, right? And Jesus is like, look, we could use a meal, but like, man, like a piece of bread and a cheese and a glass of water, it's good. Like, calm down. You don't need to be freaking out about this, right? Like, Jesus is in the house, and she wants everything to be perfect, right? And her desire to serve is, is, is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. But the question was, in that moment, was it the best thing to do, right? Was it the best thing? So Jesus gently reminds her that she's distracted by the less important things. Ever happened to you? You get distracted by the less important things? You know they're less important things, but yet you still get distracted by them, right? They take up way too much time. And the more the, the best thing, the most important thing, you never seem to get to, right? So she has good intentions. She wants to serve. She wants to give them this meal. But she was missing the best thing. Sitting at his feet, listening to him, enjoying his presence, right? He was in her house. Just think about that. He was in her house. So being with him was the better choice at the moment. Jesus makes that pretty clear. This is the better choice. Mary has made it. I love you, Martha, and I know you love me, and I know you're a good woman, but I'm trying, I'm trying to help you. This is a better choice. You need, to, you need to understand that this is the better choice. And what Mary is doing is not going to be taken away from her. Right? So we get caught up in this struggle sometimes as believers uh, uh, between worshiping him and working for him. And you see a little bit of that at play at this story, right? Like, but understand this: that worship is at the heart of all we are. It, it, it's at the heart of all we do as believers. Everything we do is supposed to be done as worship to the King, right? Right. So our service is worship. Worship is the thing, right? That, that, is, that is at the core of what we do. and it, So yes, it's important to work. It's important to use your gifts. It's important to volunteer and help and do these good things. It's important to do the work of an evangelist, to be a good neighbor like the Bible encourages us to be. To, it's important to show mercy. It's important to, to care for the orphan and the widow like James reminds us. It's, it's important to show love. It's important to, to, to give practical help To those people who are in need, as I was talking about earlier. All these things are important. They're all good and they all have their place, right? But before we can represent Christ, before we can work for Christ, before we can, before we can really have that anointing where our gifts and our, and our talent and our service is, is, is really worship to Him, it's got to come, it's got to come out of a place of relationship right? And so this place of relationship takes some time. It's important to do all these things, but before we can represent Christ, we've got to spend time with him. We've got to learn from him. We've got to hear his words and feel his heart and just know what he wants us to do to get that refreshment, that you know, to get that empowerment. You've got to receive his His wisdom, his his peace, his joy, his strength, or you'll never be able to serve him for the long term, right? You'll never last, right? It's like a fire. You know, throw a piece of paper in, and man, it's spectacular for about 3.8 seconds, right? But when you want fire to last, you put in a good piece of hardwood, right? Right? it'll burn hot, it'll burn long, it'll keep burning. And so we have to find time to sit at his feet, to soak up his words, to spend time in his presence. If we don't, then our service is it, it becomes no longer worship anymore. Our service becomes Become something that we're doing out of routine or habit. It it be, it, it can be this self righteous thing that we do. It it we lose the joy out of our serving. You don't understand. She she got so wrapped up in serving in that moment that she lost the joy of who was in her house. She lost the joy. She wasn't serving with joy like. This is wonderful. You know, when you're prepping a meal, and some meals you're prepping when you're having company over, and you're so excited, and you're prepping with joy and excitement, and you, and it's just you're just really enjoying even the serving and the prepping. And then there's other meals. Get out of my kitchen! Get You know, like this kind of a thing, right? Like you've all felt that way, right? She, she crossed the line that day of, she got so wrapped up in the detail that it wasn't service with a worshiping heart. She'd lost her joy. She'd lost her peace. She'd lost just just the, his strength of doing it, you know, unto him. And she needed to be reminded to, to come back, to come back. See, serving without being refueled, Come on, serving without being refueled by his presence will always lead to frustration. It will always lead to anger. And most times it leads to a self-righteous attitude all the time. Almost all the time. You see somebody who serves all the time, but they've lost the joy. They haven't spent that time to just soak in his presence. And they're, they're serving, but they're serving. You know, like if serving makes you difficult to live with, then something's wrong with your service. Right? There, there should be this consistent pattern in our lives that He pours in and we pour out. Right? So if you find yourself doing uh like doing service, like serving and doing good things for the kingdom and and and, and you're and you're saying, OK, but I'm doing all these good things. But as you're doing these good things, you find yourself stressed out. You're worried. You're you're anxious. You're irritable. You're pointing fingers at others who aren't doing what the, the way that you want it done. Like, guess what? You need a refueling. You need a refueling. It's just that simple. Right. It's. It's hilarious. You know, uh, this year, 2019, I was counting. Uh, I started in ministry in uh, 1991. So this would make it 28 years. Is that correct, mathematicians? Someone help me out. Okay, so for tw- in 28 years, I've met a few people in 28 years. Lots of good people, lots of weird people, lots of people in between, People are the strangest animals on the planet and all that stuff, right? But but in 28 years, I've seen it time and time and time again where somebody, people in the church, this church, every church, all over the place, people serve and that we serve faithfully. And we're here, you know, the sound man is setting up stuff and the ushers are putting cards in the pews and the Sunday school teachers are getting their classes ready. Like everybody's serving and doing their thing. But you can tell the people who are serving who have spent time in his presence. They're refueled and they're ready to go. Other people serve on an empty tank. And you can see them marching around, lost their joy, lost the wonder, lost the worship. We're just, we're just doing it. That you're difficult to live with and then you justify it because you're serving. I'm serving, get out of my way. I'm serving, move that. Jesus told, I'm here. You know, like people are okay, all right. Like this is this is what happens. And you go, wow, this is serving. That's a good thing. But your serving is not a good thing. You know what I'm saying? This is this is the point. Mary hadn't got that far. I'm exaggerating to make my point, but. but this is, this is where we can get to, right? If, if we're difficult, nasty, snarky, awkward, like if we've lost all of that, or lost all of the, the joy, the peace, the strength, there's something wrong with our service. And I, I believe the only way I can best describe it is you need a refueling. Jesus said, you've got to spend time in my presence, right? Don't run around, Martha, doing all the details just one thing is most important. Spend time with me. You've got to, you, you, you can't serve on an empty tank. You cannot serve on an empty tank. Your service will not be as good as it should be. And in fact, sometimes your service can even hurt people when you serve on an empty tank. Because you say the wrong thing to hurting people. You, you're short. You have no patience. You have no mercy. Your grace is, is at a low level. You, 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 I, I sometimes say, I, you know, you're having a bad day, and I go, man, my mercy level is low right now. I've got to go. I've got I've to take a break. Got to get refueled to raise up my mercy level again. This is what happens to us. I'm no different. We're all the same. And so we can't serve on an empty tank. I just encourage us. We, we all need this regular Sabbath moment in our lives, right, where we pause where we talk to him, where we let him talk to us, where we read the word, we pick up a good, challenging book, we listen to a good sermon, we, we, we play some, some worship music. We've got to find things that feed our soul, right? You've got to find things that feed your soul. And, and Jesus actually in this story makes it crystal clear that what feeds your soul is actually more important than what feeds your body. He said, this is more important, and Mary's made the better choice, right? So Martha just needed to be reminded of that. What feeds your soul is very, very important. It lasts a lot longer than what feeds your body. So Jesus doesn't condemn Martha, by the way. He loves Martha. He, and he doesn't condemn her. He does, he's, not, <coughs> he's not saying you're a bad person. I'm not, he's not saying you're not doing a good thing by being concerned about wanting to bless us with a meal. It's it's a good intent. It's a good thing. And I'm so glad that you want to do that. But I want you to shift your focus, Martha. I want you to be, I I want you to go from busy to better. I I want you to look at, 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 take your eyes off of what's good and put your eyes on what's best. And we all know that good can be an enemy of best right? We all know that, right? Good can be a terrible enemy of best. You do good stuff, but you never get to the best stuff because we're always doing good stuff, you know? So there's this priority question, right? Do first what matters most. So uh, so serving should be, it should be a joy, but you're stressed out, Martha, over all these unnecessarily small details, right? They, these, it, these things don't matter. Whether you have clean plates or a fork or toothpicks or olives or all these things, yes, it's nice that you want to service. But listen, ultimately, it doesn't matter. You're asking Mary to give up the better choice, and you're the one that needs the new perspective on this, Right? So Mary is feeding her soul, and Martha is running around going crazy, okay? So he didn't want Martha to miss the best thing, right? Jesus was in the house. Just think about that. If Jesus physically walks into your house, just just imagine for a second, okay? Okay? And you're, you're more wired like Martha, so you want to serve him, feed him, make sure that he's all, you know, Italians are like that, right? You want to come over and they serve an eight-course meal, right? I'm just joking. But, but I'm okay if you do that. You Invite us over. But I'm just saying. But, so, but Jesus is in the house, and you're so worried about getting all the food. If, Martha, if Mary wasn't there, Jesus would be sitting alone in the dining room while you're fussing around in the kitchen. And you leave them in your house alone while you're busy in another room. Does that seem right? You know, so, yes, there's a balance to be had. But he's, he's reminding Martha about what, what the better choice is. I was reading uh, John Ortberg in one of his books. He said this. He said, hurry is the great enemy of our spiritual life. Hurry is the great enemy of our spiritual life. Hurry can destroy our souls. He says, hurry can keep us from living well. And he said, for most of us, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith, it's that we become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we settle for a mediocre version of it. And he's bang on. He's absolutely bang on. We run around in such a hurry that we never ever get to What Jesus says is the one thing that we should be most concerned about. The one thing, he said. He said to Martha, there's one thing that you should be most concerned about. We live in this world where we can be in constant motion. We're never resting. We're speeding around. We pride ourselves in multitasking. Like, that's like you're wonderful if you can do that. Like... You know, we pile on top of our jobs, all these appointments, these lessons, these practices, these games, you know, we live out of our van, we shovel down fast food to meet the physical need, and, and <clears throat> but we never take the time to be in his presence, right? We're running around in our madness, but we need our soul to catch up to our body, you know, you've run into church. You might even be here this morning. You're physically here, but who knows where your mind and your soul is, right? It happens to us at times. Like we have to have those Sabbath moments where we allow our soul to catch up to our body. It's, it's a refueling time. And Jesus says, this is what's most important, because if you get this right, everything will flow properly properly once you get this right, this one thing. So you want to serve? You'll serve. You want wisdom for the day? You'll receive it. You want strength? You'll get it. You want insight? You'll receive it. You want to be, you want to be given You know, uh, just a word for somebody at work? You'll get it in that time. Like, everything flows from that time, he's saying. It's important that you don't run around like a mad person with your head... You know, uh, as they used to say, like a chicken with his head cut off, running around like crazy, and you're you have no sense of of peace. You have no sense of his presence. He's listen. He's here right now. Did you know that? Are you are you sensing him? Like he's here, right now. He's here. We live in this world that can drive us around the bend. How are you feeding your soul is the question that we must ask. How are you doing it? Jesus said in Matthew 6, one of his famous verses, he said, he said, seek first, what? The kingdom, the kingdom, right? And then all of these other things will be added unto you. All the other things will be given to you. But he's, he consistently makes this a priority. Do this one thing. Get this one thing right. Feed your soul. Spend time at my feet. Spend time with me. Talk to me. Let me talk to you. Spend time in my presence. Get this right. And everything else will be added unto you. In the right measure, in the right way, in the right time. He wants to bless you. He wants to, he wants to use you. He wants you to do great things. He wants to give you everything that you need, but you've got to spend time, right? We say our marriage relationship is an important to us. And so if I work too much and I never am at home and I never talk to my wife and I never spend any time with her, my relationship will suffer, right? You know, people go, well, it's time for a date night, honey. We need to go out and get a coffee. We need to just go out and just take some time, right? Like, Jesus is the same way. You get running around, busy with work, all your responsibilities. Everybody is busy. Everybody has a hundred things to do. Jesus, we say, is the most important thing, but we get running around not doing deep, dark, evil things, doing good things, doing responsibilities, but we never get to the best thing, right? And so good becomes the enemy of best. And, and, and this story reminds us, again, we've got to get to the best thing. Everything will flow out of that best thing. Everything hinges On that best thing. He is setting a priority for us. That we need to follow. He reminds Martha. Martha. Calm down. Calm down. And spend time with me. I don't care about food right now. I want to speak into your life. I want to remove your stress. I want to encourage you and inspire you. I want to build you up and fill you up on the inside. Once your soul is full, everything else will flow out of there. Fine, don't worry about that. But you've got to get full that way first. And so it's, 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 it's very, very clear that this is the priority that he's setting. Yes, we need to serve. Yes, we need to do all these things. But his presence needs to come first. I know that we're not shouting hallelujah amen good sermon pastor but just saying that's really good stuff right there okay amen. just saying okay I'm not saying I'm really good stuff I'm saying that's really good stuff that he's that he's trying to teach us that's really good stuff right we got to get this right right we got to get this right and so he he reminds us so Mary, so Martha is one thing, and then real quick, just as we uh, head towards our close here mary she has this great desire for Jesus, he was her top priority. Mary is such an interesting lady, and I know sometimes it can get confusing in the Bible because there's so many Marys, but I want you to I want to read three uh verses uh that relate to Mary and I want you to note what Mary is doing in all three times that she shows up in the Bible, okay? This Mary I'm talking about. There's three times she shows up. Look at these three verses. One is Luke 10 that we just wrote, uh, that we read earlier. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. That's the first one. John 11 is the second one. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you'd only been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Talking about when Lazarus died, right? And the third one in John chapter 12, then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nart, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance. This woman is mentioned three times. All three times, She's at his feet, right? All three times, all three times. She's not running around trying to get bread, wine, cheese, meat, olives, toothpicks, pickles. Not worried about it. She wants to spend time with Jesus. And when she has the opportunity, she gets right at his feet. And by the way, it's so countercultural. Understand this. Women weren't allowed to sit at the feet of teachers like that in, 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 uh, in, in those days. Jesus was so countercultural. He, he, he gave such, such, a, such like a, 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 a worthiness to women that was unseen in those days. And he, not only did he allow Mary to sit at his feet, he, he asked Martha, come sit at my feet. Come let me pour out into you. Come, let me teach you. Come, let me help you. Get this right, and then you can serve later. But get this right, you know. He, he, he loves Mary and Martha, and Mary loved him. And she had this right. When she had the opportunity, she, she, she ran to him. She sat at his feet. She listened to his words. She bought the most expensive perfume she had. She used up probably nearly every cent she had, to buy that expensive nard and poured it over Jesus and then wiped his feet with her hair because he was worth that much to her. We say that he's worth a lot to us. But we never get there. Do you understand? This is the challenge. I'm not trying to slam you today. I'm trying to encourage you. We need to get there more, right? We need to get there more. He... He's the most important person in our lives. He's the greatest one we know. We say He's top priority, but so many good things distract us. Three times Mary's mentioned, and three times Mary's found at His feet. You can say that Jesus has priority in your life, but is it actually true? True. We're all busy, we all have responsibilities, and Jesus tends not to get the priority that he should on, in many of our lives, right? We can find ourselves saying things like, I, I, sh- I should go to church more, I, I should pray more, I, I should read the Word, I should, I should listen to music, I should read a good book about, about the Lord, i <coughs> I got to find more time to think about Him, meditate on Him, thank Him. Worship him for all that he's done, but I'm I'm so busy. I, I got to go to work. I, I got to look after the kids. I got deadlines. I, I got to get in the van. I got to grab a Big Mac. I got to get to the rink. I, I got to do stuff. We feed our body and we don't feed our soul. And he's saying, you guys, you got it messed up. If you feed your soul. Everything else will flow properly, properly out of that feeding. Everything flows properly. Seek first the kingdom, and everything else will be added unto you. Get that right, he's saying. So I'm encouraging us. (coughs) We can make progress, or we can make excuses, but we can't make both. Somebody write that down. That was good right there. That was good. We can make progress or we can make excuses, but we can't make both. And I'm asking you today and I'm preaching to myself as well. I'm busy, too. And just because I'm busy running around doing the Lord's work, I do the Lord's work, but I miss the Lord in the work, right? I've got to have the Lord while I'm doing the work. You need the Lord while you're doing your work, right? We need him. We've got to get this right. So we can make progress in this, or we can make excuses, but we're not going to make both. So we've got to find time for what's important to us. And by the way, I have discovered that it's actually very, very true. um, it's, It's a tough pill to swallow sometimes, but we actually do make the time for what's important to us. Just saying. You actually already do. If he's not in our calendar. Then might I suggest he's just not important enough to you. We, we can blah, blah, blah all we want. But he's saying you got to get this right. Get this right. So. <clears throat> Mary showed. What was important to her by her actions. And I just want to say, I just want to point out uh, what I started with. Do you, I mean, there, there's absolutely no way, okay, that Mary doesn't know that Martha is frustrated with her. There's absolutely no way. First of all, they're sisters, so they know each other very well, okay? You know your sister pretty good. They live in the same house, for goodness sakes, right? Mary knows how Martha's wired. She knows exactly what Martha wants her to do. She's getting the evil eye. She's getting the mean look. She's getting the nudges and the things that she goes by, dropping things on the table and coming back, stomping her feet real loud to make it, you know, see if she can get Mary's attention. Mary knew it. Don't kid yourself. She knew it the whole time. The whole time. Of course she knew. But here's the thing she didn't care. And it's one of those few times you can actually say that and it's good. She knew what her priority was. She knew what her priority should be. She knew that Martha in that moment was wrong and that she was right. And she was not going to let Martha's distraction distract her. Oh, there's another sermon right there. You mean someone's else baggage, someone else's distraction, someone else's issues can become yours so that it distracts you and you get sucked into the vortex of darkness? Yes! Yes. It happens. Of course she knew. She just didn't care in a wonderful way. Right? She wanted. And, you know, and here's the thing. She knew, right, if that interaction with Jesus didn't occur, could you imagine the price she was going to pay after that meal was over? Seriously, she was going to catch it when Jesus left. Martha was going to give it to her. Come on. But here's the thing. She was willing to pay the price of Martha's wrath, okay, so that she could stay in his presence she wasn't willing to let her distractions become her distractions. You know what I'm saying? She wasn't willing to let Martha's distractions become my distraction. I'm with Jesus. I'm right where I need to be. I'm right where I want to be. And you can yell and scream. You can huff and puff. But I ain't moving from this spot. She got it right. She got it right. So is there things in our lives... We got to wrap up here now, but is there things in our lives that we should be saying no to? So that we can make sure that our relationship with Jesus is where it needs to be. There's some things no is not an evil word. And it took me a long time to learn that, really, because you always want to help people and please people and say yes and do everything you can. But if I say yes all the time. I've got nothing inside of me to actually help anybody with. I've got to get this right. And sometimes that just takes saying no to something good so I can do something best, right? So is there things in your life that you know you need to start saying no to so that you can make make sure that your relationship, your connection with Jesus is right, so that you're taking the time to feed your soul and not just feed your body. You've got to feed your soul, right? It doesn't always mean, by the way, saying no to bad things. You know that, right? It it, it means sometimes you say no to good things. You you can sometimes say no to a lot of good things, but it, it means finding a way not to be distracted by the good things so that you don't miss out on the best thing. Jesus said, To Martha, he said, there is just one thing that you should be concerned about. Think about that. The Lord of the universe says there is just one thing that you need to be worried about, that you should be concerned about. I'm concerned about 50,000 things, and so are you. He's saying, you run around, you know, in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, what does worry add to your life? It doesn't add any quality to your life, right? He says, look at the flowers that grow in the field. He said, they're beautiful. One day they're here and the next day they're gone. He says, you don't think if God takes the time to grow beautiful flowers that hardly anybody will even see, that he won't take the time to look after you? You don't need to worry about those things. Your father cares for you. He loves you. He is for you, not against you. He knows what you need. He's a good father who knows how to give gifts and to provide for his children. He says, but there's only one thing you need to worry about. One thing you should be concerned about. All the rest of this stuff is nothing. Seek first the kingdom and everything else will get added to you. We miss seeking the kingdom and we we fall into the trap of worry about everything else and spin around in a a circle going nowhere. It's it's the classic, right? Worry, it's like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it never gets you anywhere, right? It it just consumes us. Jesus says there's just one thing. Man. Man. If he's the most important person to me and he says there's just one thing that I need to be concerned about, it's high time that I got concerned about that one thing. He wants me to be concerned about it. He wants me to spend the time to feed my soul. He wants to use me and use us and use you. He's gifted you, He's given you those gifts. He's given you the abilities, the talents that you have. There, we, we call them natural abilities, but I actually call them supernatural abilities. God just blesses people with the ability to do things, right? You have that from him. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit, which it could be another good series, by the way. Just note to self, put that in the C drive. But, but <coughs> this is... This is gifts that he gives us. He wants us to serve. Of course, he wants us to love people. He wants us to do all these great things. He wants us to be difference makers. He wants us to be touching people and impacting lives and, and doing practical things and, and reaching out and doing all this. We, we, he, it's part of who we are. Except we cannot let it become the most important thing. Because if we do, we start serving on an empty tank. And when we serve on an empty tank, you'll never, never get the results that you should. You'll tick people off. You'll hurt yourself and you'll hurt the kingdom. So Jesus says there's one thing that you should be concerned about. Mary chose, by the way, to eat the better meal. There were two meals being served that day. Just want you to know. Mary chose the better one. Look at Matthew 4. Verse 3 and 4, put that up for me. It says, during that time, this is when Jesus was being tempted, the devil came and said to him, if you're the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Jesus told him, no. The scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see what he's saying here? The devil is saying he's hungry, he's hungry, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus says, look, the most important thing is this, not that I eat bread. Again, he consistently shows this pattern throughout the New Testament, right? By sitting at his feet, Mary was eating food that was going to last She was eating food that was going to refuel her to serve better, to serve bigger, and to serve more powerfully. She was eating the right meal, right? We have to find time to sit at his feet. It's the one thing. It's the one thing. It's the one thing. The most important meal that you cannot live without is not breakfast. The most important meal that you can't live without is Jesus. And so I encourage us today, i got to stop, it's it's good stuff though, but (coughs) we have to get to the point where our lives are lining up with what our words say. We can't say he's the most important thing to us and then not live that way, not spend that time. Our marriage is important to us, so we spend time to make sure that that relationship stays strong and good. If Jesus is important to us, then we've got to take the time to make sure that that relationship is where it needs to be. Feed your soul. Feed your soul. When you feed your soul, everything else will flow out of that. Come on, someone said amen. Right. That's good stuff, Pastor. Yeah. It's real, that's good. <laughs> yeah. This is the challenge for us all. Let's live like this, okay?